This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And you are my friends if you do as I command you. Love one another. The theme of last week's gospel, and again this week. A clergy colleague once shared with me a story that actually happened to him one Sunday morning. He told of a usually cranky parishioner who confronted him after the service, saying, I'm so glad you preached an historical sermon. The priest, shocked by this unusual praise, beamed thanks. Then the woman continued, Yes, because I'm sick and tired of hearing about love all the time. I wonder if this isn't also difficult for some others, especially if they have a problem with the love thing. Well, we're winding up Easter season, and we're about to embark on on the long season called Ordinary Time, when for over three months we return to the Gospel of Mark, and here's stories of healings, rules, and laws, feeding and parables in which Jesus speaks about what it means to be a disciple. It's our job description, so to speak. So I think it's not coincidental today, just prior to going into this long agenda for discipleship, that we have these particular readings as a necessary shot in the arm food for the journey, supreme fuel for the spiritual gas tank. It's as though these readings are saying to us, stop, there's something you need to know or be reminded of before you embark on your journey. At the Last Supper, we hear Jesus telling the disciples that he's about to leave them From now on, they will only hear his voice in their heads, even though they may long to turn the corner and see his face. That part of their life is over. But then how are they going to continue his mission? Love one another, says Jesus. That's the connection between us. It's in that connection that we, as Easter people, reside. It's about the love thing. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And if you do as I command you, you will be my friends. In this last hours, Jesus came to see the disciples in a new way, Previously, they'd been referred to as believers or followers, both of which speak of allegiance. But friend describes a relationship, one that involves an undeniable spiritual dimension. Friend may sound like an odd word when applied to faith. We speak of believing in God, trusting God, and confessing that Jesus is the Christ. But here it's different. We are invited to be friends. It's an invitation for all times. In times when people are longing for relationships that mean something, 
when people are sensing their own spiritual hunger and yearning for intimacy with God, we receive this incredible invitation. We didn't earn it. Like the first disciples, we didn't suddenly improve our disposition or character or acquire new depths of faith because we can't buy our way into friendship with Jesus. It's not like being a friend of the opera or a friend of KQED. Donate and you'll be a friend. And it has nothing to do with Facebook. And being a friend of Jesus is not a special honor for a few elite. There are no levels of status, no hierarchy, no ranks with special privileges in the kingdom of God. We didn't graduate from being servants to receive a degree in friendship with Jesus. Servanthood remains the essential character of Christian life. And we can never retire from being one who serves. But there's no inner circle. We are all at different places in our journey of faith. It's a matter of growth leading to a deeper relationship with God. And it involves struggling, hoping, doubting, fearing, and trusting. It sometimes means taking one step forward and two steps back. Friendship has to grow and build on shared experiences. So as friends of Jesus, we are included and we're also informed. What Jesus knows of God has been made known to us. That makes us friends with Jesus and also with this community in which God's will for human life is known and experienced and celebrated. Of course we don't have all the answers. God is mystery. And yet because of our friend, we can make the incredible claim that we know what God does and we know what God has created us to do. To be called a friend of Jesus is to love God and love God's children. So we're right back to the love thing again. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. But how can you command someone to love? How can you order someone to be a friend? What does love mean in the Christian vocabulary? It certainly does not mean sentimentality warm, fuzzy feelings. The love of Jesus is self-emptying love of which the cross is a symbol. He gave his whole being to God. The love that Christ exhorts us to practice has nothing to do with being nice. Being nice, being civil to one another may enhance the social order. But we mustn't confuse Jesus' message to his disciples before his death with a sentimental order to be nice to one another. He was describing a radical relationship, not just social acquaintances. He was talking about a lifestyle of love for one another for which he set the example 
and what he calls us to do. And notice that although Jesus commanded love, he didn't attempt to explicitly define it. He didn't lecture the disciples on love or drill them on details. Parenthetically, perhaps British novelist and educator Anthony Trollope had this in mind when he wrote, and I do quote him, There is perhaps no greater hardship on mankind in civilized and free countries than the necessity of listening to sermons. No one but the clergy has in these realms the power of compelling an audience to sit silent and be tormented. End quote. No. In contrast, Jesus showed love. He lived it. And he called his disciples to do the same radical and difficult love centered around the experiences that they had with him. Love and action are interconnected, bound up together. When we love like Jesus, then we'll want to follow the commands of God. When we love like Jesus, we'll want to show it because we have, not because we have to, but because we want to. When we start to reach out to others, particularly when it's inconvenient, when it hurts, when we have to suffer for it, God is obviously at work in our lives through Jesus. Love one another as I have loved you. In one short phrase, excuse me, Jesus moved the deep and sincere expression of God's love to a fresh and creative expectation for action. Love is a free gift given to us for the sole purpose of giving it away. Living in today's world in the spirit of love as Jesus did, is not easy. Intellectually, we know what's best for us, and we think we know what's best for others. But other things take over sometimes or get in the way. Very innocently, we can allow ourselves to move from that sincere calling of love toward the selfish need of the ego and the demands of a materialistic culture. So this love thing, what does it mean to us today here? To keep this commandment of love, to be drawn into it, is to reflect it in and for the world. Our mission is to be reflectors. When we awaken to this truth, it informs us who we are, how we worship, how we spend our money, how we treat the needy, and how we work together to preserve the environment of this planet. You see, the heart of the Christian life is not about rules. It's about being rooted in God's love and living out that love toward others. When faith is reduced to just following rules, it's no longer faith. It's legalism. What must be seen, then, 
is the effect of love. Love played out. And when we get involved with God, when we allow God to mess with our lives, when we try to open up to the absolute love of God and what it implies for our lives, we may become vulnerable and frightened. Because if we open our eyes and look at the human and environmental condition, we might just have to do something about it. Before his death, Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? Three times, Peter assured him that he did. And Jesus responded, Then feed my sheep. Tend my lambs. When I personally play that scenario in my own mind and heart, it sounds to me like the same conversation. You might like to want to try it too. My friend, Jesus asks, do you love me? Yes, I do. Do you really love me? Yes, I really do love you. Are you sure you love me? Yes, of course I'm sure I love you. Then prove it. Go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. Think about it.